As you join us this morning, we want to say Happy Easter to you. Today we are looking at a sermon, a course dealing with the uncomfortable resurrection. Not long ago I was speaking to someone who was connected to some churches in China. He was telling me now how in China some of the churches are able to have a copy of the gospel, which is a breakthrough. But you know, one of the things that was interesting was that he shared with me that the church in China could teach the whole life of Christ except the resurrection. For you see, my friends, it's the resurrection that makes a difference. It's the resurrection that elevates Jesus Christ as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Today, I hope that as we go through this sermon, you will take the uncomfortable resurrection and that you will embrace it and that God will begin to give you the victory in your life that you so greatly desire. I hope this message will give you the strength you need to enjoy this most wonderful day of the year. So today, if you have your Bible, I want you to take it and turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. In Matthew 28, we're going to look at a couple things here, and I believe it'll give you a word of encouragement. The Bible says this in Matthew 28 and verse 10. Look at this with me. Then Jesus told them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Go to the place that I had already been appointed to them. And as they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city. Would you underline that in your Bible? The guards came into the city, because that's very important. And they came and they reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. Now, would you circle that phrase, everything that had happened? Can you say this with me? The whole truth. They reported the whole truth about what had happened. Now, when you go to verse 12, it carries a little different meaning. It says, and after the priests had assembled with the elders, after they had heard everything, then they agreed on a plan. Now, this is the situational gospel. They were confronted with the uncomfortable gospel, which was the uncomfortable resurrection. And when the uncomfortable resurrection manifested itself, they turned to a situational gospel that began to meet their needs, that would fix and fit their style and their situation. So they agreed on a plan, and they gave the soldiers a large sum of money. Now look at this next verse. And they told them, say this, we're going to give you a large sum of money, but now you say this. You leave this room and you go tell everybody that while you were sleeping at night, his disciples came and stole his body while you were sleeping. Interesting verse, isn't it? And if it reaches the governor's ears, guys, we got it. We will deal with it. We will make a deal with the governor. We will take care of you. We will protect you. So they took the money. Underline that in your Bible. They took the money and they did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among all the Jewish people to this day. Now, what does this mean for us today? Well, this thing that happened was that these guards were there. Now, <clears throat> we'll look at this a little bit later, but the Bible says that, that they were worried. They were worried about the resurrection, okay? They were worried about the resurrection. Here's the reason why they were worried about it. Because the Jews had studied the Messiah. 
They knew the Messiah would come. They knew that he would die. They knew the way that he would die. I'm telling you, just read Psalms 23. I mean, Psalms 22. When you read Psalms 22, it's a, a direct depiction of everything that took place on Good Friday and Easter weekend. And when you look at that, that whole thing begins to unfold. So all the way back in the Old Testament, it was predicted. Matter of fact, not only did the prophet Isaiah predict that the birth of Jesus Christ, he also predicted in Psalm Isaiah chapter 53 the way that he would die. So understand that the Jews, the chief priests, the, the religious leader of that day, he understood the impact of what Jesus was saying. He believed. They, they had to believe. They knew the Messiah was coming. The problem was that when Jesus came, he brought about an uncomfortable message. And that uncomfortable message did not fit their style. Because you see, Jesus came saying things like, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He came saying things like, any man that wants to lose, save his life must lose his life. He came saying things like, turn the other cheek. He came saying things like, if any man wants to take your shirt, your jacket, give him your shirt also. It was an uncomfortable message that Jesus was preaching. You see, they were looking not necessarily for a, a, a uh, theological Messiah, but they were looking for a political Messiah. And Jesus may have fit the theological Messiah, but when it shifted to the political Messiah, they were looking for somebody to show up in the middle of Rome and kick tail and take names. Amen? That's what they were looking for. And Jesus came saying, I'm not here to kick any tail. My kingdom is not of this. As a matter of fact, he put it on display in the garden of Gethsemane when they come to arrest him old Peter pulled out his sword cut off the ear of Malchus and Jesus said boy put that sword up before you cut your eye out that's my translation you'll you're old enough you know the remedy the 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 note there and Jesus reached over and he healed Malchus's ear he said guys if my kingdom was for this world then my angels would show up and fight for me. And Peter, dude, you're a fisherman turned preacher. I could definitely get some greater warriors than you if I was fighting for this earthly realm. Now, understand something here that's interesting. So the truth of the resurrection was that they were looking for a political Messiah, not more than they were looking for a theological Messiah. And I am telling you today that we live in a world, we live in a country that is looking for a political Messiah. They are looking for somebody as a social Messiah. They are looking for somebody that will fit their political bill. They will look for somebody that will fit their social bill. They are looking for somebody who will fit their physical financial financial bill they're looking for somebody who will fit their earthly relational bill but they are not looking for somebody who will fit the theological bill in their soul that they may be saved sanctified and sealed with the holy ghost are you picking up what i'm putting down and the truth of the resurrection was that these religious leaders knew that this was going to happen so what they did was they put guards there to guard it they went to Pilate and said, hey, can you give us some guards to guard the tomb? Because his disciples may come and steal his body while he's, 
while you know in the middle of the night so what let us guard the tomb now let me tell you something this would be like putting navy seals at the tomb i'm telling you they weren't somebody at the bottom of the rung it wasn't their first year this was the centurion soldiers they were such an elite group that they lived in a compound all by themselves so that nobody from the world could get to them and they could not get to people of the world so that they could not be manipulated that they could not be influenced they kept the in a secret compound where they lived as centurion soldiers. I'm not talking about some Mickey Mouse soldiers. I'm not talking about some night shift soldier. I'm talking about the elite of the elite that was standing guard at the tomb. But I am telling you today that the strongest soldiers, the strongest warriors in all the world was no feat, was no competition for the king of kings for the lord of lords it was no competition for god the father when he rolled back the stone and the earth began to quake and all of a sudden he went and resurrected his son from the grave are you with me today the truth of the resurrection so they had these soldiers there and the truth was exactly it happened just as jesus said it was you remember I asked you to underline that. They came back and they reported to the religious leaders everything that had happened. They were not surprised. Why would you be surprised? We're not talking about somebody that just... We're talking about the religious leaders, the most powerful chief priest that's probably ever lived in the Jewish religion, Caiaphas there. And I'm telling you that he was a strong, mighty warrior for Jesus Christ. I mean, he was a mighty warrior for the Jewish religion. And the thing about it is, he knew what was taking place. He knew what was taking place. And so here's what they said. Let's just say that you took a nap. You took a nap. And they came and stole his body while you were sleeping. You see, the truth of the uncomfortable resurrection was, the resurrection exposed their unbelief. And the resurrection expose is our unbelief it exposed the unbelief of the disciples if you go back into the book of matthew chapter 28 verses 1 through 10 and you read that they didn't even the disciples didn't expect jesus not to be there i mean the women had got up early that morning and went back to the tomb for what to go see if it was empty no they went to complete the burial process they went to, matter of fact, the Bible says this, when they got there and, and, and they thought that it was a gardener, when they saw that Jesus was gone, here's what they said. Just tell me where you put his body. Tell me where you're hiding him. We're just here to, we're just here to finish the burial process. Come on, man. There's no time for jokes this morning. Tell me where you've laid him. You see, the truth of the resurrection exposes unbelief. It exposes our weakness. Even the disciples that Jesus said, I'm going to get up in three days. As Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days, and that whole process, so I'll be in the heart of the earth. On the third day, they were even surprised. Guys, if they really believed it, do you not think those disciples would have been there waiting and watching? Huh? I mean, if they really believed Come on, if they really believed that Jesus was going to rise from the dead, don't you think they would have pitched a tent and stayed a while just to see how that whole thing was going to take place? Are you with me? 
I mean, if they really believed it, if they really believed, no, they didn't even bother to show up the next morning. They sent the women to finish the job. There's no need for men there. He's dead. Go finish the job of his burial. Truth of the resurrection many times exposes our unbelief. The situational gospel always it allows us to live in disbelief where the uncomfortable gospel deals with our unbelief. If you go back a few verses, look at what Jesus says right here in verse 10. Then Jesus told the women, he said, he said, hey, do not be afraid. Go and tell my disciples. Go and tell my brothers to meet me at the secret spot. Meet me at the place that we talked about. Jesus told them about a place that he was going to meet with them there in Galilee, and they weren't even there. They were hanging out at No Hope Ranch, twiddling their thumbs, thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? I'm going to have to go back and tell my dad i got to go back to fishing again. And He warned me not to follow this guy. The truth of the resurrection exposed the terror of the uncomfortable resurrection. The terror of the uncomfortable resurrections in verse 12. The disciples were terrified. They didn't know what to do. What are we going to do with our life? They were sorrowing. For these priests, I mean for these, these, these soldiers, it exposed the terror. They came in verse 12. Look with me if you would. And after this, after they came and reported everything that happened, the priests were terrified. And they said, go tell the people that you slept. And they came and stole the body. Now, I'm going to tell you today, if you're one of the elite soldiers and you got to go tell all your comrades that you were sleeping on the job, as one of the elite soldiers, as one of the elite centurion soldiers, and you got to go back and look at them and say, guys, I'm sorry. Man, we were, the, we were the two that was chosen. We were the best of the best. But guys, we couldn't even stay awake all night. We slept. And you know the worst part about it? They didn't sleep. They knew the truth of the resurrection because they came back to the chief priest and they reported everything that happened. And that word in the Greek, everything, translates everything. They reported the whole story about what had happened. I'm telling you, it probably scared those mighty warriors half to death. I mean, there they were guarding the, guarding the tomb and all of a sudden, man, the earth begins to shake. This thing begins to rock and roll way before Elvis and Chuck Berry ever came along. And I'm telling you that in this moment, things were happening and all of a sudden, the stone that they were watching began to roll away. I mean, it began to roll away. I'm telling you today, the strong of the strongest soldiers would be terrified that when the stone you're watching begins to roll. And then they saw him come out. Wow. Wow. The terror of the resurrection. The uncomfortable resurrection. They were fearful for what they had seen. They were fearful for their careers. And they were fearful of their lives. Now, get this. They didn't run tell their chief commander of the centurion soldiers. Look at where they went. They went to the chief priest. They went to the chief priest. And when they went to that chief priest, 
They put all the most powerful religious people in a room and said, what must we do? I'm telling you today, guys, that we are living in a culture where we are putting some of the most powerful religious leaders in rooms and they are coming away with a situational gospel that fits people's situation that allows them to live a life be as a half-baked believer, not living up to the full potential that they were created for. Listen, just live however you want as long as you'll just keep coming and filling our filling our buildings oh my goodness if you'll just keep tithing lord knows we can't live without your tithe so if you want to just live any way any old way you want to it's okay by us and therefore yeah your situation's a little bit different so let's mold the gospel to fit your situation i'm telling you that's what this religious bunch was doing they got together and they were saying oh my goodness what are we going to do this Oh, glory. I mean, I'm telling you today, church, this happened just like the Old Testament prophet said it would. It happened just as Jesus said it would, just as he preached, just as he prophesied. And now what are we going to do? Go and tell a lie. You say, Pastor, that's a hard saying, tell a lie. Do you realize any time, any time you take the word of God and reduce it to fit your lifestyle, you're telling the same lie in the same way that these religious leaders were. And here's these two old soldiers. (laughs) Can you imagine what they were thinking? Man, all I wanted to do was protect Rome. All I wanted to do was defend my country. Now I found myself in the middle of a religious war. I found myself in the middle of religious conflicts. I have found myself between the living and the dead, and the dead rose from the dead. What in the Oh, my, my whole career's gone. How can we ever go back to the centurion huddle and say we slap at one of the most highest honorable callings that there was. You do realize this was the same soldiers that was gathered at the foot of the cross, mocking him, ridiculing him. You realize this is the guy that was so weak he couldn't even carry his cross all the way up the hill that Simon the Serene had to help him out. And now that guy who was so weak just rose from the dead and turned their worlds upside down. I'm telling you, this is two messed up men. I believe the three most messed up men in the Word of God that had to live with the consequences was Malchus, who went to arrest Jesus, and God healed his ear. You remember I told you Jesus healed his ear? And these two soldiers, I'm telling you, they witnessed the literal resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they were bought off because of the terror. I'm telling you, it, it terrified the church. It terrified the Jewish church to tell the truth about the resurrection. You know why? Because it meant an it meant end of Judaism. It meant an end of the law. It meant that they were going to be unemployed. You, you didn't need the Old Testament system anymore. You know how many people were going to lose their jobs 
in the Jewish religion if they embrace the resurrection? Do you know why people are preaching the situational gospel, teaching the situational gospel? Because people are living the situational gospel and men of God are scared to preach the inerrant, infallible word of God because they are scared for their job. Well, I want you to know something today. God didn't, I mean, the church didn't call us. Mama didn't call you. The deacons didn't appoint you. The elders didn't anoint you. The anointing for the man of God and the woman of God comes from a call of God. It was placed in the womb before you were ever born. He anointed us as prophets and preachers and priests to the people of God. And we need to stand up and say, you know what? In a world that is running full speed ahead to a devil's hell, I'm going to be the voice of reason to stand up and say, don't go that way. The bridge is out. Today. Today. Because the resurrection was so terrifying, they began to toy with the uncomfortable resurrection. They consulted with each other. They received the lie. They conceived the lie. They paid the price. They paid money. They paid money to keep it quiet. And they were willing to use their influence. Hey, guys. Guys, put yourself in the shoes of those soldiers. We came and we told you the truth, and now you want us to go tell a lie. Well, I could get off on some political soapboxes right here, but I'm not going to. Here's a bunch of money. Keep quiet. Do you realize today that when you are part of a comfortable church that preaches a comfortable gospel, you're basically saying, I'm selling out what my children are being taught. I'm selling out what's being taught to me so that we can have fun on our way to heaven. Are, are, are you, are, boy, I, this is hard, guys. This is hard. This is hard. So people begin to toy with strategy. They begin to toy with the gospel. They begin to come out with things that fit because even people that believe in the resurrection, they toy with what the gospel says to do. And we wonder why we're in such a mess. Listen, we're only in the situation we're in because of the situation the church has been in. We've had men who were no longer willing to pay the price to live by the word of God. We had women that were no longer willing to pay the price to live by the word of God. Therefore, we now have to have children who are doing it. We have children who are doing it. We have children who are doing it. And so when they toyed with the resurrection, which ultimately allowed them to turn from it. You see, the truth is scarier than a lie. Because when you embrace the truth, you must live the truth. Can I say that again? The truth is scarier than a lie. Because when you embrace the truth, you have to live the truth. The truth is frightening to the believer and even more so to the un believer 
I remember one time when the book by David Platt came out, Radical, I gave it to a pastor friend of mine, and two months later, I asked him, I said, man, let's talk about that book. He said, well, only if you want to talk about something in the first chapter. I said, why? He said, because I didn't read past it. And in the chapter, first chapter of that book, David Platt was at New Orleans Seminary. He was there when Katrina came, and he used the analogy that <clears throat> when those levees broke, it literally swept things away in that city. And he said, what we must be willing to do is lay all of our life at the bank of the levee and allow God to break the levee of religion so that it sweeps away everything in our life that isn't Christ-like. And here's what he said. He said, and it was more in that first chapter than I wanted to live up to. And I thought, my gosh, thank you for being truthful. But you're the pastor of a church. You're the pastor of a church. See, what happens is the gospel brings you to the place where you get to the point. You remember the background text for this whole series? John 6, 6, 6. And many of them said, Lord, that's a hard saying. So they turned and walked away. And you know what's interesting? Jesus didn't chase after them. He said, if you want to come, come. If you want to walk away, walk away and those two soldiers not only had to walk away from their career because it was over wouldn't you agree but they walked away from the literal resurrection and said it's not worth it I'd rather be wealthy you see the resurrection makes us so uncomfortable that rather than accept Christ on his terms, the whole gospel is rejected. Today, that only leaves us with one option, and it's to trust in the resurrection. See, the resurrection is truth. The resurrection is terror. The resurrection has been toyed with. The resurrection many have turned away from. But will you trust in it today? You see, my friends, when you trust in the uncomfortable resurrection, it replaces fear with hope. It replaces restlessness with peace. When you trust in the uncomfortable resurrection, it will do what only it can do. Let me close with this. The last verse I read was, and this story had been spread among the Jewish people to this day about the soldiers and the disciples stealing the body. But verse 16 says, But then the eleven disciples traveled to the secret place. Look at it, Galilee. Remember what he said in verse 10? Hey, ladies, go tell the boys to meet me in that secret spot. And when they traveled to Galilee, up the mountain, to the place, how do I know it was a secret spot? Look at this in your Bible where Jesus had directed. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And then Jesus came near to them and said, Hey guys, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now I want you to go into all the world with the uncomfortable gospel, with the uncomfortable resurrection, and make disciples. As we wrap up this sermon this morning,
today, God is wanting to do something in your life that is remarkable as the resurrection itself. First of all, he's wanting to completely transform your life by the power of the resurrection. Secondly, he's wanting to take the resurrection power and allow that to live through you so that you can go out in this world and make disciples for his glory. Today, my friends, we ask you to prayerfully consider what the next level in your life looks like. At Family of Grace, one of the highest honors would be to come along beside you. To come along beside you and to help impact the place where you live and where you work and where you do life for the glory of God. We want to say thank you once again to each and every one of you who reach out to us, who are supporting this television ministry by sending offerings and sending words of affirmation. Thank you for stopping us on the streets and letting us know how much this program means to you. Today we hope that you have a wonderful time celebrating the power of the resurrection with your family and your friends. Happy Easter.